Growth Asaja, a podcast where we share our journeys, our struggles, our wins, and our dreams. I'm your host, Yesenia. Thank you guys for joining us today and for tuning in. Um, we appreciate you so much. Today, we will be uh, discussing a topic that's a little bit more heavy. The title of this episode is Growing Through Grief. And uh, this is an episode that Anthony really wanted to record. Um, and because we have gotten so close to a few other friends who have also lost uh, people in their lives that were close to them, we kind of figured that um, we could invite them. And if they were down, we can talk about, you know, everybody's experiences in this way um, and hopefully just share and help other people that have been through something similar. Um, I'm excited that we were able to have this conversation uh, even though it was a heavy one and it was really actually draining at the end of it all. But it's also um, kind of therapeutic to have these conversations. And um, before jumping in, we are in no way professionals. We are simply just talking about our experiences um, and sharing what it had been like for us. Um, but, you know, in just hopes that we can help other people who are going through something similar. Um, this episode got really long really quick because there's just so much to talk about and there's three different perspectives plus mine. So this episode will be a three-part episode to break it down a little bit. Um, without any further ado, let's just jump into the first segment. So what's good? So since this episode is just really long, the only thing and the only update that I wanted to share and bring up during the first segment um, and talking about myself is that I just wanted to discuss um, my grandfather uh, passed away. My grandfather, Jesus Carranza Rodriguez, passed away on Sunday, April 18th. Um, my grandpa was 92 years old. He was a patriarch in our family. And he was just an amazing man. He was a man of a few words, but his presence was just powerful and always felt. Um, he was just a kind soul. Uh, he loved his animals. His favorite place to be was El rancho, his rancho with his animals and just looking over and making sure every, but every animal was good, fed and all that stuff. It was where he found his peace, but also where he worked. Um, he was a hard worker. He was an amazing father. Um, my dad looked up to my grandpa so much, so, so much. He had so much respect for him. And even though they had their little uh, moments in, in their lives where they just didn't see eye to eye, my dad had the utmost respect for his father and I just, it's amazing. I'm just so grateful that I had such an also awesome grandfather, that he was such an awesome example, such a good man. Um, I'm just very grateful. And so I just wanted to bring that up because this is an, an, an episode about grief, about dealing with loss and, um, you know, every day um, I think about, you know, I want to ask my dad more stories about my grandpa and how, you know, the type of person he was um, and how he was when my dad was a young kid, you know. Uh, and I pray for my, my dad and his siblings and my grandmother every day because although my grandfather was, uh, you know, sick and just not in the greatest health the past few years, it's still a big major loss. His spirit was just so strong and this death has has just hit hard. He he was the patriarch. He was just the man. And um, it's just really felt. So um, just, you know, praying about that and just, you know, just trying to be there for my family. Lo vamos a extrañar, Papa Jesus. Um, we love you so much. Um, and let's just jump in into our discussion and conversation about loss and grief. Again, in no way are we professionals. We are just simply having a conversation and discussing about um, our experiences. So let's jump in. Damn. 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 So joining us today on this really, really special episode is um, FitFam. I know y'all don't know what FitFam is. It's all good. So um, FitFam actually is me, my husband, Amph, Erica, and Gus. 
I'll give y'all the background story in a little bit, but um, thank y'all for being here. Thank you for having me in your apartment. What's up, y'all? Thank you for having me here again on another episode. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Yay, Gus is a first-timer. So fun. But yeah, thank y'all for being here. It's a really special episode. Um, you know, dealing with loss, dealing with the loss of a loved one is difficult. And, you know, when you see other people that you love lose a loved one, then losing a loved one, it just becomes really apparent that this is like a universal thing. Obviously, everyone's dealing with this in a different way. And so um, Amph actually came up with the idea of recording this episode, uh, I think right before COVID last year. Uh, he brought it up and it just didn't feel like the right time just yet. And we finally um, were ready and, and just wanted to do it. So we, we're here and we're talking about this. And I think also with um, COVID happening and a lot of people losing people, it became especially uh, just important for us to have this conversation because I just feel like a lot of people are feeling lost. On top of that, DMX just passed away. So I think this is just universal and people are feeling it on so, on so many levels. And I think it's just really important for us to talk, have this conversation and just share some of our experiences uh, and what we've been through over the last few years and just um, just some experiences so that maybe someone out there can, you know, have that connection and, and say, dang, I felt like that too, or dang, I never thought about it that way. So that's why we're here. So before anything, I'm just going to give you guys a layout. We're going to talk about, you know, the beginning uh, stages of grief, not necessarily the actual stages of grief, but more so in the beginning of when our loved one passed away, um, what was the reaction? Then we're going to go into you know, laying them to rest. We're going to go into months after, year out, beyond that. What was that like? What was each of these people, these are my guests here, what were their experiences like? And we're going to talk about how everybody's experiences are different and you're going to hear from that, them. So just like the little rundown, um, but yeah, let's jump in. So the very first thing that we kind of want to talk about, like I said, is the beginning. When tragedy hits, um, you just don't know how you're going to react. You don't know what you're going to do. You don't know what you're going to say. You don't even know how you're going to move. And so the first 24 hours are crazy. The first week is crazy. It's just a lot. So I'm going to open it up to you guys. What do you guys remember the most from when tragedy first hit? Hello. My name's Am. <laughs> no, um, I lost my sister November 10th, 2019. Um, but yeah, tragedy hit for me, um, was on a Sunday, like I said, November 10th. Um, I remember that evening driving home, um, after getting food with Yesenia, it was mm -hmm. a Sunday and the sun was going down and I called my mom, uh, like I usually do like on the weekends and then she just answered and I could hear like keys like jingling in the background and like somebody walking out and my mom was like, Hey, where are you going? And she just like having a conversation on the side and she was talking to my sister um, and my sister walked out of the door while I was on the phone and I was like, oh, mom, like Becca's leaving. And she's like, yeah, she's going to go get sushi with her friend. I was like, oh, cool. So, yeah, we're just driving home. Um, but, yeah, I'll call you tomorrow on Monday after work. And she's like, all right, cool. And, uh, yeah, I hung up the phone with my mom and we got home that night. Um, I remember this night because it was Camp Flawnog mm -hmm. and it was the night that Drake came out. And like mm -hmm. everyone is just like, Frank. yeah, everyone's just like, there's so yeah. much like Drake, Frank Ocean, like Camp Flawnog stuff going on on IG because we're just like in our bed. We usually would be there, but for some reason, well, thank God we weren't there because, mm -hmm. you know, something happened. But we were just like in the bed and um, I just remember that and it was like 11 o'clock um, and we turned the lights off and we're just talking and then my phone goes off on the nightstand at 11.23, and it says, Dad. And I'm like, my dad never calls me. Like, mm -hmm. never. Like, my mom always calls me. She's, like, the main point of contact, yeah. obviously. So I answer the phone, and my dad is screaming bloody murder. Yeah. 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 It's crazy to talk about. Um, but yeah, my dad's screaming. Um, I can't make up what he's saying. Um, but I think he said that she's gone. And my first thought was he was talking about my mom. Mm -hmm. Um, so I hung up, I hung up the phone Yeah. and I looked at Yesenia and I was like, someone died. Mm -hmm. And then you jumped up 
on the bed and you're like, no, don't mm-hmm. say that. And I was like, no, like something bad happened. Yeah. So then I get up and I just like walk around the room just to like prepare myself for the phone, the second, the phone call that I'm actually going to make to yeah. reach out back to them. So, so this whole time you had no idea. No, no idea. So your dad called and then just, that was it. And you had, you're just running wild. Your, your imagination is just going crazy right now. Exactly. It's like a minute or two. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know this this part of the story. Yeah. Yeah. So I got up off the bed and I was walking around the room knowing that I had to make a phone call back because I received the phone call and I just heard panic and I heard screaming and I heard somebody passed away. And that's like what I said. I hung up the phone because I was like, I'm not doing this. Like, I don't want to know. It was too much. It was just too much. So I had to pick up my phone. And not call, not calling my dad back because that wasn't working out. Yeah. So I called my mom and a guy picked up the phone mm-hmm. and I was like, hello. And he was like, hey, um, are you Anthony Garcia? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, is your mom and dad Ralph and Christy Garcia? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, I'm here at your house right now. I'm sorry, but um, someone passed away. There's been a death in your family. I'm the coroner. And I was like, all right, like, who passed away? And he was like, Rebecca Garcia. And that's your sister? And I was like, I was like, yeah, like, all right, cool, bye. And I just hung up. I was like, I can't. I can't do this. And then I looked at Yesenia, and she looked at me, and I was like, my sister died. Like, I don't even think I said passed away. Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, my sister died. And I don't know, like, you just... You just looked at me in a state of shock. I was in shock. Mm-hmm. But, like, literally, like, to be honest, like, I thought, like, I was in a dream. Yeah. Like, your adrenaline is going. You're just on a roller coaster that you didn't prepare yourself for. Um, I just remember <clears throat> running into my closet, th- grabbing a shirt, and the shirt so happened to be Zoe. Yeah. It was a Zoe church. t-shirt or church shirt. And I had the basketball shorts I had on. I like grabbed the first pair of shoes and I grabbed the keys and just dipped out. Um, I dipped out of the house within the first like 60 seconds yeah. um, to go back home because my parents live in the IE and we're in downtown LA. And Yesenia's like, I'm going to drive. Um, we get in the car and we're driving and like there's no music. Mm-hmm. There's not a word to be said. It was mm-hmm. like the most quiet like car ride in the world but within that car ride um i'm blowing up my brother's phone because i do have a sister and i have a brother they're both older than me i'm blowing up my brother's phone and he finally answers and it's so weird because when he answered he was like hello and i was like hey and he's like hey i was like you know he's like i heard and it's like that hello and hey was like there'll never be three of us like the tone of voice, like we lost one, like within just saying a one word, like there was once three and now there's two. Mm-hmm. And that was like one of the first things that happened, like something to realize, like, so then like we go home and like my, my parents are there and I'm just like trying to quarterback everything, asking what, how, when, why, but then it doesn't hit you yet. Cause mm-hmm. like, you still feel like that bad dream, yeah. you know, like I'm going to wake up. Like, this is just too crazy. Like I just heard her say goodbye to my mom on the phone when I called like mm-hmm. at five o'clock. Now I got, I got the call at 1123. Now it's like 1223. It's been an hour and I'm here. It just doesn't feel real. And I didn't get any sleep. So I woke up that Sunday, probably like around 10 and then I didn't go to bed until like 2 a.m. on Tuesday. So Wednesday? Like, no, Tuesday morning, like, oh, okay. like 2 a.m. Tuesday morning. Mm-hmm. So I didn't obviously go to bed all Sunday. And then I was up all next the Monday. Yeah. Just trying to like put the pieces together. Like, how could you sleep after like such a tragedy and a shock? Yeah. So I didn't sleep. I didn't cry. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't shed a tear. And I think that's, like, one of the things. It's, like, you know, someone calls in the movie. And, like, oh, my gosh. And you start crying and bawling and, like, 
everything's so fast but like if you really think about it it's like yeah they have to show that in a movie because you only have two hours yeah. <laughs> to fit in a movie mm-hmm. it's like life goes on like life is so long well not for everybody but you know life is a long thing you can't you can't put what i went through or what gus or erica went through with tragedy in a two-hour movie like the yeah. realness of it you yeah. know and i think like that's something that I had to be like what the fuck is wrong with me i haven't cried yeah you know um so with that being said um i just stayed up all sunday and i didn't tell anybody about it um and then i monday we tried to reach out to like close friends in our circle i reached out to like gus and i think you told erica and then Mm -hmm. some people just started coming over and um monday morning i was at my parents house and it's like 12 hours since we got the news and then it just starts off like on the front lawn with a little blanket with me and Yesenia yeah. and then someone comes and another person and then it's two blankets and mm-hmm. then we have to move back and then it's like three five blankets the next day like 14 hours later like you couldn't have enough blankets to fill how many people showed up for us Yeah. Um, with food with love with prayer um, and it was just beauty in, in the saddest deep darkness place in your life Yeah. Um, you could just feel the energy and the prayers and the love from each and every single individual that we've ever been there for or whoever touched her life. Yeah. Um, like I'm saying, this is still a small circle. Like we didn't go on Instagram the next day and announce it. You know, we waited a few days for that. So it was just like really people like in our mid circle and our family to just come and just like support us, you know? And yeah. that was all Monday. And then everyone left Monday. And now, like I said, it's like, Tuesday morning and I'm finally for the first time by myself because yeah. I was with you when I got the call yep. I was at my house with my family the next day people came over like and then everyone left and I was by myself for the first time since Sunday 11 23 yeah you know p.m when I got the call and I was outside by myself and I put on me and my sister's favorite song, which was um, Nipsey Hussle featuring Dom Kennedy, Double Up. Mm-hmm. And I fell to my knees yeah. and I finally cried like the cry, the movie cry. <laughs> it came out, you yeah. know, it came out 40 hours later. I just fell to my knees and I just cried because it was just like shit. It's real. Like this shit's real. Like I'm not waking up from this bad dream. I've been up for 48 hours. Like I'm not waking up. Mm-hmm. So that was the call. That was like my 48 hours um, just of what happened on that day of November 10th, which was really tough. So um, I've experienced a few losses um, in my time. Uh, the first being um, the first being my father. So I lost my dad uh, at the end of middle school. Um, at the time I lived in San Bernardino and my mom and my Nana lived next door to each other. Um, I was living with my Nana at the time. It was like, I was kind of like back and forth, you know? Um, and I remember we were just like chilling. We we're just like hanging out. I think my Nana was like making food or something. And I heard my mom just like scream this, like, like you said, like this, like blood curdling scream, you know, you like never hear that from your parents. And I heard my mom just like scream and we were like, all looked at each other like, what the hell? And we ran out and I like remember like running out of my Nana's yard into my mom's yard and my mom's front door was open and my mom was like on her knees on the floor, like just like pretty much like curled up within herself. Like he's gone, he's gone. And I was like, what? Like I, I, nothing in my mind told me like it was my dad, you know? And, um, I was like, what? And I still hadn't got in the house yet. I was just like, we ran in and then I stopped before I got into the house And my mom was like, your dad, he's gone. And I just like remember falling on the concrete. Like I just like fell on the concrete and right before I got into my mom's house. And like, I don't even remember like anything really within that time. I just remember like coming back to and being in the house. And um, my mom had these like, um, these like old school, like full wooden like couches. Like it was like, like everything was like this heavy ass wood. And I was like on the side of the couch where it was like this big wood piece. And like, I remember like holding the arm of the wooden couch and like sitting next to it and like seeing like my mom on the floor, my siblings kind of around and like, 
like I was just kind of like in this section I had like created for myself, you know? Um, and at the time, like my dad had been in and out of prison for a lot of my life. So when my dad passed, he passed while he was in prison. So I hadn't seen my dad in like maybe a few years. And I think it was just me trying to process that, like, I hadn't seen him and like thinking like about the, like, just thinking about the fact that he was gone and he died like on his own and just like all these things. And you're young, you know, you're in middle school. You, you don't really like know shit. It's middle school. Um, so I, I like created this boundary from jump, like, like to be by myself, by this couch. I didn't want really anyone around me. I remember people were asking like, are you okay? And I was just like, kind of like in a zone, in a zone of like, I just didn't want to interact with anybody. Um, and I had always been like very close to my dad, although he was like, you know, he had his issues. I was totally a daddy's girl. Um, so I just remember thinking like my life is like almost thinking like my life is not like really worth living without him. Wow. Yeah. Cause I loved my mom, but like the way I loved my dad was like completely different. And you know, when you're a kid, you have like all these dreams of like, oh, you know, especially me with like him coming out, I was like, oh, he's going to get out of jail and we're going to have like this like ideal family and you know, everything's going to be good. Um, so losing him, it was just like, there's all these things that were unsaid and undone. And I created a wall from, I just remember right off bat, like coming back to and being like, oh, I created that wall from jump. Um, because I, I didn't know how to deal with it beyond that. And, and also like my mom is such a rock. She's such a strong woman and seeing her in that vulnerable state and seeing her like break like that, I was just like, whoa, like the reality I knew was like completely shattered. Um, and then, um, a few years ago I lost my brother as well. So I'm the oldest of six siblings. My brother was the sibling right after me. Um, and my brother was, um, he was actually murdered. So it was a completely different thing than losing my father. Um, because of the fact that like, there was all these circumstances surrounding his death that like, we never had to deal with. Um, and we were having to deal with like reading things in the media and like word of mouth and like all these things that we weren't really prepared for. And, um, I think for me personally, uh, there was a lot of guilt attached to that. And I, I wasn't what I don't, I don't really remember. Um, I remember getting a call from my mom and my mom saying, he's dead, he's dead. And I was like, what, who, like, what, what are you talking about? You know, I honestly, like from jump, I thought she meant like some like distant cousin or something. And I was like, well, like, what are you talking about? Like, I didn't really take it seriously. Mm. And she was like, your brother. And I thought my little brother. Mm. And then I was like, what? And then she's like, your brother, Eric. And I was like, what the, like, and then right away in the same way. And I didn't realize this till later. I like created the wall again. Like I was mm. like, oh, what, what do I have to do to help here? Because like, I don't really want to process this. Like, I'm not ready to process this, you know? And, um, so I just, wherever I was, I remember I like went to Redlands. I had, I went to my mom's and like, I just like, you know, I was just like there to, to do what I could do. But in the same sense, like I, I just was like, what can I do to be of service here? And I didn't really process that, you know, like I think for me seeing my mom again, like just like break down and seeing my siblings and, um, just trying to do whatever I could do and feeling it in my own way, like on my own time, you know? Um, and then a year later we, my family went to big bear, I believe it was. Um, we went up to the mountains for the anniversary of my brother's passing. We got a cabin. It was like actually very beautiful. We like all stayed together and we like just chilled, you know, and like enjoyed our time together. Um, and while we were there on one of our final nights there, my brother's wife passed, um, and she had been battling cancer from, for some time. So while we were there, we were asleep. And I remember like waking up and my mom just being like Amber passed and, she was just an amazing woman. She's held my brother down in so many ways. She was a best friend to my sister-in-law. She was a great um, mother to my nephews. Like she, I've never seen someone battle cancer like the way I saw her, you know, she was just this lively, just like ball of fucking like light and energy and just fun. And, and, you know, I really remember going to see her to visit her towards the end and it literally just sucked the life from her. And then while we were there trying to, you know, cope with my brother's death still, she passed. And so it was like another thing on top of it, you know? Um, it almost feels like you're just like 
when is it gonna get, you know, like, yeah. like what? Like, and I think for me, like mostly it was just like, yo, like, um, I don't know. I feel, I feel like I obviously take things and I'm like, okay, I'm going to be strong here. I'm going to like do what I have to do mm-hmm. for people. Um, but like, mostly just like seeing my family deal. That was like the worst part was like, yo, like this keeps hitting them. And and I know I can deal with shit that it might not be the healthiest way, but I know that I could hold myself down. But like seeing them, it was like, oh, and. But do you, do you think you're really dealing with it though? Because I you, didn't you, then. You said it twice, you put walls up. Yeah, I didn't then. Automatically. No, no, no. I didn't then. I know I did it. I know with my dad's death, which is something we'll probably get into later, like it took me a really long time to to heal from that and cope with that. Because like you're a child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it wasn't until maybe like less than two years ago that I can say I fully dealt with the whole everything as a whole. Um but for a long time I was self-sabotaging. Mm. I was doing all the things that mm. I could do to yeah. not deal with these things because I just I felt like if I if I had to like tap into that, you know, if I had to like really visit that, that it was gonna like break me and it was too much. And I was like, well, I've like built it, built it, built it, built it, and yeah, I could keep it pushing. Wanna, you don't want to accept the fact yeah. that there's an, uh, an absence. Yeah, definitely. Of the presence of the, the presence of the absence of the person. Yeah. So did you? I mean, if you don't mind me asking, did no, you? Were you able to see your father after like for the funeral? Yeah. Like, so, so you saw his body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I saw his body. I feel yeah. like that does kind of help sometimes because some people you, you you can't you can't see them. Yeah, and yeah. Then you're able to see. You're able to see the person mm-hmm. at the wake, and you you accept it. You know, I've seen. I've I've been to half where I I've seen. Yeah. The body, and you could you know swallow that. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the other ones, you just like, you're just still waiting for that person to show up. Yeah. Or, you know. Yeah. I think like, the physical presence of someone is definitely um, something that helps you. Like it, like hits you right because you're like, oh, the body's there, but. Like the soul's not right. Yeah, you see the reality. Yeah, of it. You know, yeah. You see yeah. what actually really is going on. Mm-hmm. It's like, and it's kind of hard because I, I, what you said, it's like, you had this whole ideal of life after prison for your dad, mm-hmm. and you feel like that was taken away from you. Yeah, yeah. So that probably fucking hit. Yeah. Heavy. I even feel like seeing his body. I don't really think it it like helped me, um, like process it and accept it I think seeing it I was almost like it looks like my dad but it's like not my dad you know um like I'm this is like the most Virgo shit ever but I literally was like well his skin color is not the same and he wouldn't wear this and his shirt would be more pressed and like I was like nitpicking everything like this is like this is him but like not you know and like um so I, I think it, it, like it created the visual that it was it was a thing, and um, also with like you know my brother, um, but I still don't feel like that really like solidified it for me. I don't think it wasn't until years later that I did some other shit that like really solidified it for me and like therapy and everything. But yeah, yeah, I feel like when you lost your father and. You lost your brother, and then you guys got hit again on your brother's anniversary with your brother's, your Mm -hmm. sister-in-law. And just you expressing, like, man, like, when is this going to stop? It just takes me to this thing that I read, is that, like, there could be, like, literally, like, the biggest storms, like, real storms in the ocean. Mm -hmm. You know, like, big storms happen in the ocean, and the waves could get so high and you could they could break boats and they could de- do so much damage but in reality like 60 feet underneath the water in the ocean it's calm mm. and it's it's only takes like 60 feet for that all those waves on top not to affect like what's going on underneath yeah. and it's peaceful and it's so chill and quiet yeah. and calm with everything going on down on top and I think, like, that's one thing where I realized, like, just reading that, like, man, like, there could be so much chaos and so much craziness, like, so many big waves crashing on top of you and you're getting hit and you're getting down. It's like, you know, your back is, your back is against the ropes mm-hmm. and you're taking these hits. But, like, God in, like, peace and calm is so yeah. close. Yeah. You know, it's so close. It's, like, it's never too far away. You know, you're never going to be too far gone. Mm -hmm. Um, But when your boat, you know, is jumping through these huge waves and just getting ran over, it's like 
you don't you don't you're like no this is happening mm-hmm. everywhere around me and it's like no like 60 feet like yeah. it's peace and calm like there's fish out there chilling they don't even know what's going on by here you know yeah. but i think just like putting that in perspective and being like man like peace and god is oh, never too far you know, even in the midst of a huge storm, you know, in, in life, you know, and like, I feel like that was a big storm that you guys, you know, you guys were coasting for a little bit and then another wave hit, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's just life. But I think like that really brought me to remembering what I read when you mentioned that. Yeah, I think, um, like you said, you know, it's, it's below, right? Like it's, you said 60 feet below. I think that that peace and that calm and that just like feeling of acceptance that that's at the depths, right? That's like at the abyss. So like, I feel like that's where everything else comes in. That's where you have to like, you have to do the work, right? You have to like dive into that depth you to get, get the to that scuba point. Gear. You know, you gotta get the scuba gear. You ain't gonna just swim down there with your in your quicksilver yes, shorts. Like it's it's not it's you. It's, it's not you, that easy. You're not gonna get there treading water, right? That's like you gotta you gotta like dive, and you gotta want to like get there, right? Like yeah, you, you gotta, gotta get be, scooping like, lessons. Scooping. You gotta go through lessons, <laughs> scooby diving lessons. Yo, like, I'm afraid of the ocean too, so that's just. Like, but that's facts. Like, you gotta want. You have to like want those things. You know, mm-hmm. you have to. You, you have, have to be kind of taught yeah. how to get there. Mm-hmm. You gotta mm-hmm. go. You're not. You gotta seek it. You have tools. You gotta, you gotta, seek the you depth. gotta get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you you have to also want to to finally step out of that spot yourself. You know, like oh. you, you gotta like get out of that. Like you can't do it. You can't party, and you know. You, you stay on that boat. Some people stay on that boat. No, yeah. Some people stay on that boat. They get comfortable on the boat. Sometimes being in that feels more doable than actually doing the work. When mm. in actuality, doing the work is hard to get to get there. But in the end, it's to have that peace. Just to find that peace. To yeah. have that peace. Because, damn, some people live like that and they think that that's just life. Like, yeah, this is no. just my life now. It's, it's like, it's, damn, it's that sucks. I, I stayed like that for a long time. I was drunk yeah. for a long time. I, I wouldn't go places unless I had a couple of drinks. Yeah. Family time, Same. Christmas parties. Like, I fucking, I hated That's it. That's coping. People would just look at me and they feel bad for me. I'm like, I can't, I can't be here. Like, I don't like being here. Like, don't look at me like that. Yeah. So I have to, you know, I never got off that boat, I guess you guys could say, you know? Yeah. Until finally recently, it's like, you just got to dive in and mm-hmm. find that, find that, that, that peace and that calm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then sometimes the storm is even fucking gone <laughs> you know the, the, there's no more rain the clouds are moving you know mm-hmm. but you're just like, used to it you're so, so you're still to, moving like you you're in, be in the storm you want to be in the wreck of the boat yeah, you, know? you don't yeah. want to abandon your wrecking broken boat you just want to chill in it i also think it's not wanting to abandon it it's sometimes sometimes you almost feel guilty mm-hmm. for for wanting to move w- wanting to move forward right like you feel like oh yeah, 100%. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you feel like if I'm accepting of this and if I'm willing to move forward and like live a life, like it's it's almost like you feel guilty, right? You're leaving that person yeah, behind. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's something a lot of people deal with. I know um, I, I everyone's grief is different, obviously. Like mm-hmm. yours is different than mine, then different than Gus's. We're all different. Um, and I know one of my biggest things was I was dealing with grief in a way and I would see other people dealing with it and I was like, well, you know, I, I just want them to to maybe process it and fill fill away. Like I wasn't understanding how they were grieving, um, and this is like specifically like years later. Um, I would see like my mom, and I would just feel so sad because I was like, I just want her to accept it and like you know. Mm-hmm. Not move on because that sounds so harsh, but yeah. I, I just wanted to see my mom be my mom again. Have peace and joy yes, that we're talking peace. about. And we had so many blessings beyond that. Like my brother had a baby, my brother got married, my sister got married. You know, we had all these blessings the storm beyond went that. Away. Yeah. And it it wasn't that it went away, it was that it just passed, you know? The it past, passed. Yeah. But we never forgot the storm, right? Mm-hmm. But it was also like I just wanted to see her as the person I knew before. And I really had to like check myself and work through my shit and be like I'm processing it away. It doesn't mean she's going to. And also, I don't know what it's like to lose your husband, your child. You know, like that's a completely different realm of what I was feeling. So you have to really step outside yourself and understand like, yo, my my feelings are my feelings. They're not 
her feelings, my, my siblings, their grief was different than my grief. Like I think this entire experience, especially my brother's passing was very much a huge lesson in like understanding my entire family, because I think I was seeing everything in a generalized way where I was like, Oh, this is like this. And this is like this, but it really truly like humbled my ass for one. And made me see things from a completely different perspective than I ever had in my life. Gus, do you have any thoughts to add? Um, I mean, I just felt like with the whole, the grief thing, like you, you really don't know sometimes who to reach out to. Yeah. I feel like, mm-hmm. cause I feel like I didn't know who to reach out to. Mm-hmm. I just, I buried myself with work. Yeah. I just, I, that's what I did. And I guess that's kind of a sense putting a wall up. I guess like how that's a way did. of coping. Yeah, that's a way so of it's coping like I just too. felt like I just put, um, I just dived into work, dived into work, dived into my craft, and just dived into, um, not really paying attention to to it. Because when my yeah. brother passed, I snapped. I just started drinking. Yeah. Um, like you know, you you guys both bossed up. To be honest, like y'all both bossed up. Y'all was like, all right, this is what we got to do. You know, I was just still in shock. I was just yeah. still like. Nah, like, this ain't real. Like, the fuck? Like, nah. Like, I just talked to him, you know, and it's just the one thing after another, you know, finding out, you know, old girl was cheating on me, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel like I lost, I feel like I lost both of my best friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So that, that was a hard pill to swallow. And then, like, you know, like how Eric was saying, like, I think it was like two years later, my stepdad passed away. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the guy who raised me. Yeah. You know? And then my uncle passed. And then, you know, it's just, it's a wave of stuff. And you're just like, you feel cursed. You're just like, why yeah. can't I get out of this? Storm. You know, it's that storm man was saying. It's like, you just can't. And then you feel like you want to speak on it, mm-hmm. but you don't want to be a burden, mm. you know? So it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, and then I, the thing, I didn't do therapy. Yeah. You know, I didn't do therapy. I just, I, I went to music. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I sp- spoke on it. But I didn't get feedback, mm. in a sense, yeah. back on it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't know. I, I feel like it's really important to to definitely find someone to reciprocate that energy back. Because, you know, you, you could say it all you want, but when you don't hear it back, it's like, did this really happen? Yeah. You know? So it's like, I don't know. Grief is kind of tricky, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't know. I just you, When you lose somebody, too, like, you just... You, you, like how you were saying, it's perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, like I lost a brother, uh, a stepdad, and an uncle. You know, my mom lost a brother, a husband, and a son. Mm-hmm. You know, she handled that really good too. So it was like kind of, kind of weird. You know, I'm like, why am I? I feel like why am I the one that's like hurting so much? Yeah. yeah. But I placed myself there. That's the thing. I placed myself there in that, in that kind of pit of pain yeah Yeah. you know i think it's like the more like you share stories with people that lost people um and we open up and you know we're honest with ourselves i think at the end of the day we always have to realize that like you don't get graded Mm. on how you grieve you know like there's no right or wrong there's no right or wrong and like it goes and i think it goes back to like even when i was saying like i felt like shit Cause I was like, why haven't I cried? Yeah. It's been 48 hours. Why? Every move, like they cried 10 times in pursuit of happiness and no one died. Like <laughs> Will Smith was crying like every 10 minutes because he was going through life stuff, but he never lost anybody. But it's like, that's what it's represented. That's what you see on the, the TV, emotion. you know, as from a two year old, like when you start like realizing, like watching TV, like you're like, why haven't I? Because you like, but it's like, there's no great, there's no like rotten tomatoes like percentage on like how you dealt with your grief and like how Gus expressed himself is like, you know, I just like hit the bottle and then I didn't go to therapy, but then I did my music and but like, it's like, dude, like that's awesome. Like for you to be honest, because we all, you know, have handled it our own ways. Like I'm not going to sit here in line and be like, Oh yeah. When my sister passed away, I just drank a bunch of small, smart water. Like I didn't drink alcohol. Like, hell yeah. Like I would get drunk. Like, of course, you know, like, it's it's you're going through shit you know and i think it's just always to remember like if anyone is listening 
that is going through something um, or is going to go through something, God willing, not. But just to know that, like, you won't get graded. There's no mm-hmm. teacher, you know, other than God, but God's never judging. Mm-hmm. I think um, all of that is like, it's your coping phase, right? Like, you're coping with it however you see fit. And um, I think the point where you're making where you're like, oh, I haven't cried. I used to pride myself on not crying, like for a very long time. You know, I cried when my father passed. But there was a point in time where I was like, I don't cry. And I loved being able to say that, not realizing how toxic that was. Um, I went to therapy when I was younger to deal with my father's passing. And I would, I remember these therapists would talk to me and I would always in my head be like such a little shit. I'd be like, well, they just want me to get over my dad passing and they just want me to forget him. And I would just like take it all in and like low key, like play the part and be like, I'm not going to forget this. I'm not going to get over it. So like whatever you're saying is going in one ear and out the other and not really processing it or taking it in, you know, just like being there to be there. Um, and it wasn't until years later that some other shit went down that I like really processed that. And I was like, oh, that's what they were trying to get at. Um, but I think it's like really important to recognize, like there's a very fine line between like coping in like a healthy way and coping in a really toxic way. Because obviously like, you know, you drink, you, you turn to, you know, whatever you need to help you get through it, but it can very easily become just something to mask your pain. Right. Like that's where you get stuck in that hole of like, oh, not accepting maybe, or just like trying to numb it. And I feel like with my dad's passing, I spent so many years, probably up until like my late twenties, early thirties, completely numbing out that loss. Um, I didn't, I knew it was a reality, but I didn't fully want to accept it, um, in a healthy way, I guess, um, until way later on in life. And I did literally everything textbook that I could do to numb it. Like, alcohol, drugs, men, food, everything, like just did not want to like say like, this is what it is, you know, even though I knew it was what it is. And it wasn't until my brother passed and my sister-in-law passed that I really had gotten to a point where I could like accept these things in a healthy way and try to use the things that I had learned through all of my healing to help the people who I loved. And I think that I needed to go through all of that shit and like those like unhealthy coping mechanisms to like really truly like be a rock for my family because I feel like at that point in time like I had never showed up for any of them in that way because I was still dealing with all of the like trauma of my dad passing so like once everything happened my brother and my sister-in-law like I think I was in a better place because that's just what happens to some of us right like we just we love these people so much you know they're just like such a prominent part of our lives and like we can't imagine our lives without them, right? So when they're gone, we just want to do whatever we can to forget the fact that they're not ever going to be there again. Um, And so I think it's really important to acknowledge that, like, you know, coping can go either way. It's just really, truly, like... Depending on you. mm -hmm, Depending on you, yeah. I I mean, I just want to share some of my experience with going through Becca's passing with Anthony. Um, I personally never had anybody super close to me pass away. I think, like... Like, the closest to me has been uncles, like, my parents' siblings who've passed away, and some of them I haven't even been super-duper close. And, um, you know, actually, like, growing up and just when anybody would pass away, my my parents are so good about it. Like, if somebody passes away, even if it's, like, a, a second cousin or, like, somebody's homie or, like, a friend of a friend, like, my mom will pull up. Like, she will pull up to give her condolences condolences she will pull up to the funeral like if she's like if they are like yeah like the more the merrier my mom will pull up and I always felt really uncomfortable around death I always felt like I don't want to go like my mom would be like do you want to come no I don't want to go like I'm so uncomfortable like what do you even say like that sucks and that's sad like I don't want to be around all these sad people like it just it's depressing and I just remember like when, once Becca passed away and just being there, like, and I've said this many times to Af and I feel like I probably said it to Erica and probably to you too, Gus, but I learned so much in just being there and seeing like the ways in which people show up for you when you lose somebody. Like I get it now. I learned like you don't have to have the right words. Like you don't have to say anything. You just have to pull up. You just physically have to be there and let somebody know like I am here for you. Like I love you 
and this is hard and I'm so sorry, but, and I'm just here for you. Like, what do you need from me? Do you need me to go get some toilet paper? Like, do you guys have trash bags? Do you want me to go pick up some food? Like, what do you need? I got you. And I think that that was so life-changing and and eye-opening for me because I just did not understand it. And I think when people avoid it and don't want to talk about it, it makes it so much worse. And I just didn't, I had no idea that me being uncomfortable with it could potentially like one day when somebody passed away, like if I was still like that, that could hurt them or that can like be very bad for a friendship or for a relationship, you know? And I, I just didn't, I didn't know that. And I just learned that you don't have to have you don't have to be this person who's going to solve the problem. You can't solve the problem. You can't solve it. Death happens and it's heartbreaking and it, and, but it really takes, uh, you know, a village. It really takes a village to get through something like that. And there's power in numbers. There's power in the numbers and numbers in prayer. When people get together and they pray and they're together and they're just showing you love and just, you know, sharing memories, like there's power in that. And, um, that's healing and that's helpful, you know? And I just didn't understand that until I experienced that. And I just like totally flipped my life upside down. Um, and it was a, a, it was a tragedy, but it was something so positive that I learned from it that I will never do what I did before and avoid. I will just, I will show up. I will be there. Even if I'm like my mom's friend's cousin like you know if I'm if I can go I'll be there and I'll just give my condolences you know and that's that um yeah definitely see the difference now what do you want to add to this Em? yeah with all that being said like you just seeing in real time people actually be there and like right in front of your eyes I think that's like a really powerful thing um like it does take a village Um, But I think like in the midst of the storm, you know, it's hard to really take a step back and just be like, this is the worst, darkest time I've ever felt. It's kind of crazy. Like when you lose somebody, like there is this like thing that's over you, this feeling. I can't really explain it. Mm hmm. But it is because your heart is heavy. Like your heart is broken. It's a broken heart, what I'm basically trying to describe. Like the feeling of a broken heart and the weight that's on your shoulder. Like I couldn't shake it to probably to like after a few days after the funeral maybe. But just going through that, that really hard time to take that step back and be like, this could be worse. Yeah. Like my parents like could be just I don't even know like I don't want to go there like they could just be on some other like gone fighting like I could not have friends you know like I could not have close family members bringing me pillows Mm -hmm. bringing us like you said like just napkins like like ant food like Necessities. necessities like like I like man like I feel so horrible. I've never felt this way. But it could be worse. Like, man, imagine it being worse. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't even want to, I don't want to go there. I don't want to imagine it because it was just already so hard. Yeah. But to think, like, man, like, we were so blessed to have that support and to have the comfort, to have the, the phone calls, to have the missed calls, to have the text messages, the DMs, like everyone just like pouring in, like, yo, I got you. If you need anything, and literally people like, you know, coming through, you know, and yeah. um, it could it could like just I don't know, just so simple. Like it could be worse. Yeah. It could definitely be worse. Um, mm-hmm. So I think just to always, you know, still like give like God his Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know, because I couldn't imagine going through that and feeling that horrible without having the support that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, that was matched, you know, with my sister's energy, mm-hmm. you know, it came all full circle because yeah. I know that she would do that for somebody else. Um, so that's what was given to us. You know, it wasn't something that was owed to me. Yeah. You know, like people are like, oh, I'm going to show up for him because I, I owe him a favor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like people are literally showing up for like the love of me and the love of my sister. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, man, if I did not have that, it would have been a lot worse. So 
a lot different. I think the hardest the hardest part is just being being present. Yeah. Being present during yeah. that situation. Those those type of situations, it's very hard to be present because mm-hmm. you just you you lose sight of everything. Mm-hmm. So to like you know fast forward you know a year two years later you see you look back you realize like shit like. So and so, like I remember my cousin just coming and cleaning the house, and I'm like, damn. I, I'm like, I, I see it now, and I'm like, oh, damn, like that's love. That's love. That's love. That is you know. Love. And then the thing is too, like with with my brother, like we have different dads. Um, I, you know, I was drunk in the in front porch, and like my dad's side of the family showed up to my mom's house in Colton, and they live out here now, money. Wow. And I'm like, you know, I'm not present at that moment, thinking like, oh. I appreciate this. Thanks for coming. This, I'm just thinking like, right. like what the fuck are you guys doing here? Like, this is like, this is, this is, this is just making it weirder. Like, it's just making mm. this whole scenario even more sur- unsurreal. Like, it's just, it's just, it's weird. Yeah. It's just something you don't see every day. Like, yeah. beautiful, loving, yeah. kindness thing. Like, yeah. And it's just hard. It's hard to be present and, you know, accept it. You know, it's just, it's tricky. It's no, hard to dude. be present when you're going through something that, is so shocking that you can't even really fathom. How are you supposed to be present when you can't even, like, you're in disbelief. You're just like, this isn't real. Yeah, your reality is completely shook, and your reality is completely shook to the core. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how do I be present in this reality that, like, I'm literally sitting here saying, this can't be fucking real, right? Like, Mm -hmm. who wants to be present in that? No, that's all for real. But, yeah, I just wanted to share that. <clears throat> like Gus said, you know, looking back, like it could be worse it and be you're not worse. really present. You're not going to in the next day be like, oh, this could be worse. Like, yeah. yeah. Like later down the line, you'd be like, dang, like people showed up. Yeah. You know, people were coming over to the house. People are in the backyard. My uncle grabbed the shovel and cleaned up dog poop right in front of my eyes. Like people were going to be walking in the backyard. Like we can't have this dog poop. Like, dude, like. Sorry, this is a testament to your family, too. Like, we talked about this in the last episode, how, like, your family and you and Becca, like, obviously products of your parents, you show up for the people in your life. Like, that was just reciprocating energy of how you show up for people. Hmm. People fucking showed up for you and showed out because you were, your whole family is loved. Yeah, thank you You for saying that. Yeah, that's that's, that's just, like, that's an... no one thought twice about it. Yeah, I think it's just like crazy Thanks. to think about like the full circle. Like my sister got baptized in our backyard. Yeah. And then like 12 years later, we're like in the same prayer circle, but praying on different circumstances. Yeah. Like we were praying before she went under the water and got baptized. Yeah. Now we're like praying for her, like that she's watching over us from heaven. Yeah. Um, it's just wild, man. It's just like how things could change mm-hmm. and like how life just happens and you just got to go through with the punches. Like it's easier said than done, mm-hmm. you know, with all these things that we're talking about today. Like, yeah, yeah like <laughs> forward, you know, just time, time, you have time to heal. Yeah. And it's just, I feel like you would, especially with, with ours, all three of our situations, like it was all, it was a it was sudden, mm-hmm. it was also, it was also sudden. So it's. It's not okay. like, you know, you know, Nana's sick and, oh, we see this coming. Like, you have a chance to say goodbye. Yeah, you know, you have a chance to say goodbye. I mean, there's to this day, there's still, like, when I get in a mood, I'm sitting in the front porch just waiting for Cheech to walk up with his dumbass look on his face. Like, <laughs> what's up, dude? What are you doing? Like, <laughs> fucking waiting for you, bro. Like, what do you mean? What am I doing? Yeah. It's just, it's, I feel like it's harder. And that's why I asked you, like, just by seeing the body, like, are you able to cope, you know, better and easier um, because when it happens so sudden, it's just like you're getting the carpet pulled for, underneath you. Well, let's talk about that. We're, let's talk about saying goodbye. You know, Let's talk about laying your loved ones to rest. Um, what is something that you learned or something that sticks out to you during that time? Um, for me, I don't think that um, for my dad, I don't really think that I like properly like said goodbye and release like anything having to do with my father's death until way later in life, like years later, like probably late twenties, early thirties. Um, I remember his actual funeral. So like the week before we did car washes in like Beaumont, I remember getting sunburned. Like I remember my Nana putting like 
tomato on my skin because yeah. I was so burnt. Like I was, it's so Mexican. It's so much like a Nana thing. I was so burnt. And like, she was like putting tomatoes on me and I was just like, I didn't give a damn. Like I was just laying there like, oh my God, my skin is burnt, whatever. And then we go, we like, uh, my dad was buried in Beaumont. We were living in San Bernardino at the time. Um, I remember the, the, whatever I was supposed to wear that day to the funeral, something happened with it. And then I didn't have anything to wear. And my mom had this other like suit, like it was like this, like very mother, like pantsuit she was going to wear. And she's like, Oh, you could just wear this. And I was like, the fuck? Like I'm going to wear this pantsuit. And I was just like, okay. Like, like I was like, all right, whatever. And there's this photo of me and my brothers, like before we go to our dad's funeral and I'm wearing this like very matronly, like pantsuit, like, and I just look like, just like the way my, the way I felt emotionally, I look like that in that photo, like uncomfortable, sad, unhappy, just like wearing this pantsuit. And of course I'm focusing on this cause fashion, but like, yeah, it was just so weird. Um, but with my brother, I can say that it was completely different because, um, I was able to really realize, like you said with Becca, like how people showed up, like so my brother and I had, you know, we had our very, uh, our fair share of disagreements through the years. Um, my brother was in prison too, similar to my dad, but also my brother and I never really saw eye to eye, Scorpio Virgo kind of thing. Um, and he was very strong in his opinions and I was in mine as well. And we just never really saw eye to eye when, when it came to just life things in general. Um, but one thing that I can definitely say without a doubt is I learned more about my brother in his passing than I think I had learned about him in the past like five years before so, because I was so set in my idea of who I thought he was and what I thought he was about that I never really gave myself the opportunity to be open to, to learning him. I was just like, nope, this is who you are and that's it. And in his passing, you know, we did car washes too. Mind you, this was like the middle of summer, the peak of heat. And we're in the West side of San Bernardino. His homies were like doing car washes every day, every day for like two weeks straight, almost like, like walking these like full body dash cholos, like walking up to cars, like being like, yo, you want to donate? You're going to donate. Like, <laughs> and gonna just, donate. yo, they were like, you're going to donate. They made sure my mother did not have to worry about a damn thing because they knew my mom was already stressed, right? She was already like, she didn't need to worry about anything else. They did the most. And me with all of my judgments and ideas of who my brother was, I came to understand who he was to this community and who he was to our neighborhood. And I heard so many stories about my brother that I never really took the time to know or like I didn't even really care. And I heard people telling me how he took care of the community, how I heard people saying like, oh, your your brother knew that I had a, a person who would like beat up on me. He'd always come and check on me and make sure I was okay. He'd always come and make sure my kids had food. He'd always make sure my family was good. And like, I had all these ideas of him just being this fucking cholo that like, yeah, that's who he was. But also like to these people, he was like a hero. And it gave me this full on circle perspective of who he was. So it, it was very cathartic, like to see the community show up for him and show up for my family. And it, it very much humbled me because I had all these ideas of thinking what I knew what was and then really understanding it. And when I went to, huh? How it is. How it is, yeah. And when I gave the speech at his funeral, I said this same thing too. You know, I, I had these ideas of all of this and I stand here humbled because all of you showed up for my family in ways that I never imagined. And I see him in a different light now, you know? Um, and it, it, it was a very good note to leave on yeah. because like, I think I needed that cause I didn't have that insight into him up until he died. And then seeing, the yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I think I seen this meme where it's like as a sibling, you think you're the, the star role in the life and you don't, you don't realize that your siblings play a factor in other yeah. people's lives and they yeah. have their own lives and they, they are the star in their own life and you don't realize that sometimes. And, you get checked real quick and you're like, oh, yeah. damn, like this, you know, you want to give them their flowers. Like, yeah. yeah, good for you. Yeah, that part, yeah. You know, good for I you. know all my siblings are stars now. I always knew it, but. <laughs> now, now. Yeah, now, 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 now yeah. solidified. I, I saw him as the star then. I always knew this fool had star power and quality. He knew it too. He's cocky as hell. But. No, he's probably charismatic. Yeah, very cocky. charismatic. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, that was a, that was a really nice sight to see. That's beautiful. 
I love that. Like, that's what death will do to you, though. It'll humble you and it'll like every like you're just so strong. Like, no, this is how it is. And it's like, no, actually, it's yeah, it might be a little bit like that, but it's also like this. It, it just I don't know. It just switches everything around and you're sitting there like is OK, you changed. But that's life. You, you're always going to get humbled and gain perspective life death gives you so much perspective it brings things to light it, like in the darkness the light comes out right that's what jesus says in the bible mm-hmm. amen and amen oh jesus be spitting does anybody else have anything else to add um in regards to like you know funeral experience um i just knew that day was going to be hard yeah. um Because leading up to, like, when someone passes away, like, yeah, there's a lot of sorrow. There's a lot of grief. But you got to figure out the funeral. Join us next time for Growing Through Grief, part two. Bye.